Nothing wrong with good traditions. Amen. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I'm very uh, aware of my time this morning, but I know I have a one hour to preach. I just pray that when it's over, it won't be my wife and I just here. <laughs> we got to be the Baptist today. And Father, I want to thank you. Let your word touch the hearts of your people today and energize them and empower them to obedience to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm speaking, uh, this is a new message, uh, titled it, The Purpose of Pentecost. The purpose of Pentecost. Uh, I know when we think about Pentecost, we're always thinking thinking about Pentecostals. Those that hang from the chandeliers in their worship. Loud. Clapping their hands and rejoicing. And that's, ah, Pentecost. Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about that. That's great. That's the part, that's Pentecost. What is Pentecost, really? Pentecost, the word Pentecost is taken from Pentecost. That's the Greek word. I really don't like talking about Greek and Hebrews. That's not my style. <laughs> Just tell me what the Bible says, okay? That's what I like. But that word means 50. On the day of Pentecost, which we believe, the Holy Spirit came, and that's what we celebrate. But there were two celebrations going on at the same time on the day of Pentecost. There was a celebration for the believers in the upper room. They were not engaged in what was going on in Jerusalem at that time. But Jerusalem was filled with people from all over the world. Jews. They came back home. And proselyte Jews, they came back home. For the Feast of Pentecost. Not the way we see Pentecost. It was different for them. They were celebrating Pentecost. And that Pentecost is actually the feast for the harvest. Festival for the harvest. It was also regarded as the festival of joy. The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. That's the joy of the Lord. Let me read this scripture so you can understand this. The Bible says, and, and this is in, interesting because the, this Pentecost had nothing to do much with 
the way God had led the Jews up to that time. Had nothing to do with it. God just brought it there for the harvest. But the Jews believe that, the, the, the Israelites believe that that was the day that God handed the Ten Commandments to Moses after they left Egypt, 50 days. They went, Moses went up and brought it. That's what they believe. But you really cannot hide. But Pentecost was given to God among other festivals that they had to celebrate their God, including Passover, Feast of Tabernacle, and the rest of it. This was given to, the, to them by God. And then you read in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9, it says, You shall count seven weeks for yourselves, beginning to count the seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the grave. So when you start harvesting, that's when you start counting until harvest is over. So Pentecost is about harvesting. Amen? It's about harvesting. Then you shall keep the feast of Weeks, so it's also called the Feast of Weeks, to the Lord your God, with the tribute of a free will offering from you, uh, from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. So it's based on how much you have, you have to bring part of it to God. You shall rejoice before the Lord. Guess what it is called? The feast of joy. You shall rejoice before the Lord. Whether you have a little harvest or a great harvest, you must rejoice. About what? The harvest. It should be a joyful thing about the harvest. Amen? That's Pentecost. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God. You, listen, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, the Levites who is, the Levite who is within your gates, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are among you. At the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name known. Say, notice, he includes everybody. Can you see how great Pentecost is? No one is excluded. Everybody is a part of it. And God says to rejoice about the harvest. What are they rejoicing about? The harvest. And they are supposed... To bring the first fruits of their harvest to the Lord. So if you read a title, this, that will come on later, the title, uh, the subtitle. Exodus 23, verse 16, the first part, it says, The feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labor, which you have sown in the field. That's 
that's what it is. Ne- listen, God says, I want you to take that first fruit and consecrate it to me. Consecrate the first fruit to me. In other words, separate the first fruit, that's not for you, it's mine. Offer it to me as mine. That's the first fruit. We don't talk about tithe and all of that. The first fruit. Now listen. In Romans chapter 8, verse 22 and 23, for we know that the whole creation, you know the scripture, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have what? The first fruits. We are the first fruits. We have the first fruits. We labor. We groan. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Can you connect it now? You are, when you are born again, now you have the first fruit of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Now, what does that mean? If you are the first fruit, you have been consecrated to God. You don't belong to yourself. You no longer belong to yourself. You are a living sacrifice. Consecrated to God for His use, not your use. You belong to Him. You have been bought with a great price. And you are the first fruit. Consecrated to God. You don't belong to yourself. Paul says this. You are no longer yours. You belong to him <laughs> for the harvest. Amen. Pentecost for the harvest. That's why God gave you to himself as the first fruit for the harvest to celebrate it and to rejoice in it. Amen. The harvest. The purpose of Pentecost. Not just speaking in tongues. We'll come into that. Not just building yourself up. There is a purpose. Is the purpose being fulfilled in your life? Are you truly a first fruit? Is God getting anything from you? Are you getting a harvest to bring first fruits to the Lord? If you are the first fruit and you produce, you produce first fruits like they get like. Amen. You have been consecrated to God, to Christ. 
you are his. And you should yield your life to him. And do whatever. This is not a shouting message. Amen. And I don't want you to shout. I just want you to obey. Amen. You have been. Listen. Romans 16. Verse 5. Listen. He says, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Epi, what's this here? Epinetus. I like this name. Who is what? Who is what? That's a convert. Guess who he is? He's the first fruit. Guess who you are? And what I, what did God say to do with the first fruit? Fine. You no longer belong to yourself. You got to give yourself over. There's going to be a lot of regrets. I pray everybody gets in. I don't know how God's going to judge. But I recall the message Jesus gave to us, a parable of talents. Right? Everybody's given different. Five, two, and one. The two guy, the two guy didn't complain. He took what he had. But think about what happened to the one who had one. What happened to him? He was thrown out. Read the scripture. They produce exactly what was given to them, right? They doubled it, right? This guy buried what was given to him. God gave him the first fruit. He buried it and did nothing with it because he couldn't trust his master. You see, it's a question of faith. He says, I know you. I don't trust you. Think about it. But the others trusted their master. They knew he was a good master. He had given them the first fruit they were going to produce. And they went out. God called them faithful, good. When God says you are good, guess what? You're good. When God says you are bad, uh, the whole United States may call you good, you are bad. God says, well done, thou, you good and what? Faithful servant of the Lord. Why is he a servant? We were consecrated to him. A servant. What are you doing as a servant? Where are you serving? Because if you serve, <laughs> you produce your kind. If you truly serve, look, 
What's, what I think has happened to the church today that is frightening. Everybody is concerned about the blessings of God in their lives. If I have bigger house, God is blessing me. If my car looks really slick and good, he, God is blessing him. But the missionary, <laughs> the missionary, we'll support him. But we don't know whether he's really blessed. Because the way we're blessed is you got no trouble at all. Nobody's persecuting you. Nobody speaks bad about you. But Jesus wants, if everybody speaks good about you, you're in real trouble. But when you serve the master, just like we heard in Sunday school, they'll hate you. But you still bear fruit. First fruit. This guy was the first fruit in that area. So what does that tell you? You are what? A first fruit. To God. God sees you that way. You may not see yourself that way, but that's the way God sees you. And he guess what he's looking for? Produce. Let's rejoice together. You think on, the, uh, on Pentecost in the Old Testament, the people are rejoicing, and God is like, that's your business. What do they think they're doing? He's rejoicing with them. In fact, he is the one producing the joy in them. Because of the first fruit. Theirs was in the flesh. Ours is in the spirit and dealing with humans, not wheat. Amen. Not wheat. We are when, because Jesus was the first fruit from the dead, right? You heard that? And guess who we are following? Him. You know what Jesus talked about following him? <laughs> we like the good part. When we follow him, he blesses us. And we don't have any trouble. Our children are doing well. Uh, we have this new stuff. It's all about stuff. Today, it's all about stuff. How many times do you go to sleep wondering, have I really produced for my God? All the while you're asking him to produce, to give to you. And he keeps giving you resources. Money, all of that, but you give nothing back. I know this is not a shouting message. But for me and my wife, we are very determined. My whole dream is I want to produce. Not just here at the Art Fellowship, I want to produce. For God. And I tell you what, if every one of us as a part of this fellowship, we decide we will lock in into this vision 
And we are going to produce for our God as a body. Because this body is one. We are going to produce as a body. If I have to make a sacrifice, I will sacrifice. Just like Jeremy did. I never told him. I was shocked when he told me about 40 million. I said, these kids are thinking about the 40 million. And they know it's not for me. There's something good going on in that house. You know, I call them a house. Yes. There's something good going on. He's a temple. Right? There's something good. He's indicting a good thing. And God's going to produce. Not just a guitar. That's the, the beginning of what God's going to do. Because from that, your heart is tied to it. Amen? And once your heart is tied to it, and God, the Holy Spirit, ties you to it, you can't get away. Amen. You can't get away. And you know, because of time, and you know, just uh, read the scripture. In Mark chapter 1, the followers of Christ, that's the title, my subtitle for this. You know, we're coming to Pentecost. But Jesus, after his death and resurrection, he still was, at, he still was in the earth for 40 days. Why? What was he doing on the earth for 40 days? Staying with his disciples. What was he talking to them about? Why didn't he do it before this time, the, the, after his resurrection? Why? Why did he wait till the very end and spend additional 40 days when he should be with his father? He was right there with them, sitting with them, reading the scriptures, talking to them. What was he talking to them about? Why was it so important to him? He's finished his work, right? He already died. What, what was he doing here telling us stuff again? Why? You know, in, 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 I don't know, in ancient traditions, I don't know today, usually before a man dies, and he's not going to be around anymore, just like Jacob, they call the children together. And they tell them their last witches, right? What they want. Before they, and many times, in Africa, I had a man I was witnessing to in a village. His father had given him a, a, a little god. And uh, he was serving that god. <laughs> and I witnessed to him, he came out and said, I'm telling you, this thing has brought me nothing but bad luck. And I told him, my name is Good Luck. I'm kidding. <laughs> he says, I was witnessing to him, and he, I, he was listening, and I was wondering what he was doing, what I was really getting. And then all of a sudden, he stood up. I went into his room. I came out, I brought something, 
and waved it in my face, and I was doing, take your hands off of me. He says, you see this stuff? I say, yeah. He says, my father gave it to me before he said, he said I must take his place and serve this. But this thing has brought me nothing but bad luck. But I can't let it go. Because my father told me before he died that it's my turn to take it over. And I'm thinking, he's bringing you bad luck. Get rid of it. But he wasn't going to do it. Why? Because that was his last wishes of his dad. The same way, just like Jacob, Jesus was spending time with his disciples and telling them what would really matter to him. Okay? What really was important to him. All this stuff you've seen me doing all this time, that's good. But I got to tell you what's really here. What's driving it. And for 40 days, he was talking to them. He was talking to them. Read and make sure you as a Christian understand what was there. You know, I said, I shared in our, in our Zoom meeting this last week. We always say David was a man after God's own heart. And the way I thought it was David's heart was right for God. No, no. David was pursuing what was in God's heart. A man after God's own heart. He was chasing. If God's doing something, David is there. He wants to do and wants to please God. When he missed it, he cried out to God. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He said. Never forsake me. And God loved him for it. Everything he did was to please his God. He was pursuing God's own perfect. Are you, as a Christian, pursuing what's really important to God? I know the blessings are important to us for our children. But when we pursue what, you remember, the uh, uh, Bible tells us in, in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first, what? The kingdom of God. And what? Is righteousness. And all these things that they are killing for, and lying for, cheating for, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff for, just to obtain, God says, they will just be addition to you. But the real stuff is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This other stuff will be added to you to make life easy for you. Amen? To make life easy for you. But I'm going to finish this. I'm going to read this and I'll come back to it next week. In Mark chapter 1, 16 through 20. It says, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting the net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you, what? Become. I will make you become fishers of men. 
Has that changed? So if you are truly following Christ, how long have you been following him? Has he been able to make you a fisher of man? A fisher of men? Think about it. If he has not been able to make you a fisher of men, maybe you are not a disciple. Can you get it? Follow me and I will make you. <laughs> All we want is God to make us so people see how important we are. How much God's blessing making. Yes, he's going to bless you. But has he made you a fisher of men? Do you even think about that? Does it cross your mind? Are you willing to sacrifice to see a person's life change? I told somebody, I said, you're trying to teach them all this stuff. Uh, you can't clean a fish until you catch the fish. You're trying to clean a fish that you don't have in your hand. Catch them first. Before you start preaching to them, to say the Lord. And prophesying to them. Catch them first. Follow me and I will what? Make you become. I cry. I pray that God will make every one of you. Not for the Ark Fellowship. Yes, for the Ark Fellowship. But really not for. Because when that day comes, you have to bring your crown. Which will be the first fruits that you produce. And Paul, if you cross Paul concerning his first fruits, you are in real trouble. But he low, I mean, he gave it to Peter. He wasn't scared of Peter. He told Peter, straight, you are wrong. You can't do this to my first fruits. He protected. And Paul even said, if I do something to, to alter what I'm saying to these people to make their lives go the other way. He says, I want to be cursed for that. And anyone who does that, let them be cursed. That's how serious this man was about the fruit that God is giving to him. And many of us Christians, many days, years go by, we don't even consider it's not even in our thoughts. All we want to do is go to church and we talk about, I worship God. What did you gain from your worship? I'm going to close with this. I'm coming back to this. Can you honestly say there's a person that you know, not that you refer to them, that you brought, you brought them to the Lord, that they refer to you as the one that brought them to Christ. Is there anybody like that in your life? And if, how long have you been a Christian? If it's not in your heart, may, you know, Jesus was clear. Not everybody, I need to close. Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter. But those who do, did the will of my Father. 
and the will of his father give me fruit. He says, every, every tree that does not bear fruit, cut it down. Cut it down. I don't mean to be severe. Please understand. I love every one of you. And I'm not trying to uh, bring you down. But I want you to think about it because I know you love God. I know you love God. But reach out to somebody. You know, uh, in my life, I have shared a different place now. I was telling somebody so hard for me because I like being around people, especially unbelievers, who talk. But I spread the word. I never thought they would be saved. But I gave them the word. And then when I go back, I find out they'll come to me and tell me, you brought me to Christ. I have a lady, a nurse in California. She says, you brought me to Christ. I say, I don't remember that. She says, yeah, you were the one that brought me to the Lord. And I accepted that. (laughs) I accepted that. All you have to do is tell them. Amen? And invite them. God will take care of us. Stand up with me today. There was something about Peter, Andrew, James, and John. When the, the Bible didn't record much about the people that Jesus called, just a few of them. But these guys were told immediately in the beginning. And you can look at Matthew, you can look at uh, Mark, and look, it's declared there. Jesus called them. The, the thing that I see the most that stands out to me is the word immediately. They forsook everything. They wanted Jesus to change their profession from catching fish to catching men. I'm not sure they even understood what, you know, what was being said. But they were willing because they loved this man and they're going to follow him. He's going to make us this. And then you look at the world today. Change because of these men. Young people. Ghana. You can change the world. You can. If you follow him. Jeremy. The rest of you. Don't think less of yourself. You can change the world. Billy Graham. He's born in a probably little place. Look, nobody knew when he was growing up he was going to be talking with kings and presidents all over the world. But he followed that, bringing people to Christ. And look at where God lifted him to be. All over the world. T.L. husband. For souls. Presidents will call. Please come. We need help. Come and preach to our people. All he did was loving people to bring them to Christ. You can do the same. Don't think less of yourself. You have been consecrated to him. Amen? Dream. Dream of bringing souls to Christ. To the Our Fellowship, yes. But more than that. Amen?
Praise the Lord. As we stand here today, a seed has been planted in your life. What you do with the seed is all relevant upon how you received it in your heart. God's Word is a seed, a seed planted. Pastor Shelley did a great message on Wednesday night. If you haven't if you haven't heard it, I strongly recommend that you listen to it about a seed planted. And a seed's been planted, and if you don't know Jesus Christ, I know that we gave an invitation earlier, but we didn't give the invitation for those of you who are listening out there. But if the word has planted in your heart this morning, and you want that to grow into something great and wonderful. And I say this to the youth because I look at where I am and 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 I say I've got a lot of I got a lot of more years behind me than I have in front of me. You have a lot more years in front of you than you have behind you. It's just the opposite. And what God can do for you, but you have to first make that step of commitment. And if you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can do that this morning, both here and out there, uh, on the internet or wherever you're watching this broadcast today. So if you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer as we pray it together here. And if you say it, not with the words of your mouth only, but with the, from your heart. I tell a lot of children a lot of times, just reach down as deep as you can inside of you with the most sincerity of what you truly want and speak those words, that those words mean something. And so if you say those words, I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can come into your life today. So would all of you pray with me as we pray. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, for all of my sins, everything I've done wrong, you died for. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from every wrong that I've ever done. I ask you to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will serve you. Jesus, I thank you that you have saved me today and that you rose on the third day sit with our Father in heaven making intercession for me. I thank you. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I ask you to go with us to our homes. Keep your hedge of safety around us that there be no danger, no harm. And God, may you be with us, walk with us, and strengthen us day by day as we go in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you as you go.